TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Primal Alternative Podcast, featuring actionable tips from real people with real stories about real food. This show is presented by Primal Health Coach Helen Marshall, who empowers other paleo-loving, thermomix-owning mums to start a sustainable, faff-free business of their own with the Primalista License. The Primalista License brings primal alternatives to the foods we love to our communities, making primal living more doable with less falling off the wagon. The Primalista License is available at www.primalalternative.com. And now, introducing your host, Helen Marshall. Welcome to the podcast. Today I am joined by Elle Russ. Elle really doesn't need much of an introduction. She is author of the fantastic book, The Paleo Thyroid Solution, and is a host of the Primal Blueprint podcast, which is my personal favorite podcast, um, and is ranked to the top 20 shows in the health category on iTunes. It's a seriously good podcast. You should tune into it. Now, Elle is going to share her story with us today about her personal journey um, with her thyroid issues and her um, discovery of, of the paleo solution. So if you have got issues with your weight, if you're finding it difficult to lose weight, if you're feeling low in energy, even when you've had you know a good night's sleep, if, you st- if you've got things like brain fog, feeling a bit flat, feeling like you're lacking in motivation, if you're feeling cold all the time, even when it's pretty warm, or if you've got any menstrual or reproductive issues and a low libido, then you need to listen to this podcast. Welcome to the show, El Russ. Hey, wow, what an intro. I'd like to bring you around with me. <laughs> that was great. That Thank you. So good to be here. <laughs> How are you doing on the other side of the world? What's going on over there? Well, it's a Wednesday morning here, and I think it's still Tuesday where you are, right? So you're living my tomorrow. How is it? Yeah, the future's the future's pretty good, Elle. Yeah, it's nice and sunny. Excellent. <laughs> the joke will never get old. <laughs> How is it in Malibu? Oh, I mean, it's so great. It's so great. It's beautiful, perfect weather, lovely. Aren't we lucky? Lovely. Lucky us, lucky us. So, Elle, before we dive into your um, story and find out, I'm so excited to interview you. Um, Before we get started, I'd like to find out what Elrus had for breakfast today. Absolutely nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't I don't really eat breakfast. It's a. It's kind of a byproduct of getting truly fat adapted. When you do, you often are not, you don't wake up and you're not hungry and ravenous. And in general, I just have never been, I like love breakfast food, but would prefer it any other time of the day. Um, And so if I do have anything between like morning and 1 p.m., it's going to be like half an avocado with salt or a cup of bone broth with a little bit of butter. Um or just a cup of bone broth and maybe I add some collagen powder to it. Um, maybe it is literally just a sip of olive oil and then I'm out the door to go do a workout or something. So I really don't have much food food and I'm not hungry for it at all in that part of the day. And that literally also is often a, a, a very common byproduct. Usually people who are 
sugar dependent or sugar burners will be really ravenous upon eating. And um, that makes a lot of sense in that paradigm. So if that's you, then you definitely want to jump on the primal train because things can be switched up a bit. And it's okay to also have breakfast. I mean, you can be hungry and have breakfast too. It's not that that's, there's not anything wrong about that. I know someone who's super primal and she just prefers breakfast. Like she's always hated dinner for some reason. She's like one of those people. So like we're the opposite. Like I'm not a breakfast eater and she hates dinners. So she always, even though she's fat adapted, she still eats a pretty big breakfast and a really light dinner. So it really, it's just an intuitive thing. But for me, it's really not much. Yeah. I don't really like, um, yeah, it's just never been a huge thing. But it was when I was a sugar addict, mm. I definitely wanted to eat breakfast. And I, or if I held off, it was like, I felt like I was holding off. I don't feel like I'm holding off until one to eat. I just, I'm not hungry until then. Yeah. Um, even through a workout, etc. But again, that's really the byproduct of being fat adapted and, um, and primal. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it really is liberating, isn't it? Um, not to have to oh, wake yeah. up and, 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 you know, I'd eat the, you know, conventional breakfast of cereal and, and low fat milk and then be starving again in a couple of hours. You just kind of like chain to the yeah. food, aren't you? It's just this, yeah, it's, it's not cool at all. And I know that, um, you know, doing some inter intermittent fasting like you are, it can take a while um, to, to get there. And one thing that's I right. Yeah, one thing I get asked by people when I talk, because I do the same as you, I don't really eat till, till I get hungry, which is usually around half 12, one o'clock. And um, I get asked, how do I push through the hunger? Which kind and of you don't because it's not there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so, when you get, <laughs> yeah. so when you get hungry, you eat. It's hard to believe. Let me just say this. <laughs> Let me just say this. I'm going to laugh this off because I'm talking so concretely factually like the, what I really mean every word I say it's really true when you get to this point but here's the messed up thing about it I used to be a total mess of a sugar ad obsessed with food thought about food every second of the effing day was a mess in my mind about it I thought I was cursed for a while it was horrific mm. and the one thing about all of the primal blueprint success stories, it doesn't matter if it's the guy that writes in and lost 100 pounds okay that's great woman cured a skin disease awesome it's really people, the thoroughfare theme is, oh my God, I'm no longer obsessed with food. Yeah. yeah. When you're really truly satiated and you're on the right paradigm, you're not thinking about it. You don't think about it. Mm -hmm. And that's why you can go 24 hours with food because what a curse it would be to have to not. And we're the only living beings out there that have to eat every tooth throughout. That makes no sense. That would be, it doesn't matter if you believe in aliens or a God or, or, or an accidental, it doesn't matter what you believe. It would be such an evil, like terrible curse of us as humans to be designed where we had to eat every two, three hours, mm. or we'd have a hangry meltdown and our muscles would start to catabolize, which is what happens when you're a sugar burner. What a, what an awful, and no other animal is cursed with this, but us. No, it's not that we are inherently cursed with this. We, unbeknownst to us, gave it to ourselves. We fucked ourselves. We didn't know it. We followed old paradigms. We didn't know. We all, we're all in this together, man. We all didn't know this, mm. you know? But now it's time to know it, and it's out there, and this is what it is. Primal paleo, it's not a gimmick. It's not about losing weight, because here's the thing that a lot of people miss. You can eat from a food list. That's not paleo primal. You still have to look at carbs and the, the ratio of protein to fat. And there still is. It's not like, oh, I'll eat all the meat I want. You know, people so fly by night misconceptualize this. This is so much more than that. 
And so when people just go, oh, yeah, they eat like cavemen, things was they eat a ton of meat. And you're like, yeah, 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 so that's fucking simple. No, you know, it's not. It's not that simple. <laughs> it's much deeper than that. But it's it's not harder. It's just deeper. And once you understand it, it's actually the easiest, most non-suffering way of living life. I thought something was wrong with me. I thought everyone either wasn't talking about it and they were suffering like I was, or I was cursed with some food addiction. I thought about going to like anonymous, like food addict meetings at one point. I mean, it's such a horrible, if anyone's listening and they are, or know what it's like, it's terrible to never not think about food in your next meal, even if you just ate. Mm. And to be freed from that is the, that's the, that's the thoroughfare story we get. And it happened to me. <clears throat> and it's a miracle when it does happen, it but it's not what it is. It's, it's a diet properly aligned with our DNA and our genetics as humans. It's really simple. It's just a genetic human. You know, I tell people you have, you ever seen anyone grill up a ribeye steak and feed it to a horse? Fuck no. And you wouldn't do that because oh my God, that'd be so mean. Horses are not, you don't, no one, right? No one does that. Horses are not meant to eat steak. Because horses have their own set of DNA and their own set of designated demands and what is expected of them, you know, and, and cows have four stomachs and they're able to process cellulose and we don't sit around and graze on grass as humans because we're not vegetarians inherently. So this is just really getting down to science. And so when people chalk it up to a gimmick or a, oh yeah, just eat a bunch of meat, this is not about tricking one system. It's about aligning it with one system. And I know you know this, but just to get another explanation of it to your audience, you know, that's, that's how I look at this and try to explain it to others who truly don't understand it. It's, it's many levels. Yeah, absolutely is. And, and you know, I know it hasn't always been like this for you, Elle. So can you take us back and, and share your story sure. with us as to, you know, wh- how you felt back in those days when you were obsessed with food and thinking about ringing the um, food addictions helpline? <laughs> uh, well, at least it wasn't the suicide helpline. At least I didn't get that bad. Uh, yeah, no, it was uh, almost though, probably. It was, you know, I was, again, I was... Um, Achieving a level of health, I thought, in the right way, you know. I I was working out, and I thought eating right and following, like, the zone diet and all, you know, all these things that keep your insulin steady, eat every two, three hours, eat five, five small meals, or all these different ways to trick, w- manipulate, and keep someone kind of a sugar burner, really, and hypoglycemic is what that is. And so that's a losing game, right? And then I was over-exercising. I was doing chronic cardio. And so I was basically doing everything so anti-primal. And so in the quest for, and I did achieve it. And so again, part of me was like, okay, well, in order to be fit, then I guess you have to suffer. Mm-hmm. And it takes immense willpower and everyone's struggling and either they're not talking about it or like, you know, they're hiding it or maybe I'm just cursed. And I didn't know there was another way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I really threw myself into a health crisis and essentially gave myself hypothyroidism pretty severely and adrenal fatigue and everything else from just going down this train because essentially I wasn't getting enough fat, wasn't being satiated. The signal to the body is she's starving. You need to downregulate and not give her any more of that fat burning thyroid hormone because she can't afford to burn any more fat right now. So then it just things start to break down from there. So it was really brutal because I was like, I don't understand this. I'm working out all the time. Like I'm doing, but 
it's the exact opposite. We think the harder you push up, the faster you walk up the mountain, the more you, the, the more hot yoga days you, and it actually, those things all will backfire. So they what, will all backfire eventually. What, what, Elle, what, what kind of level of um, exercise were you doing? Like, can you break it down in terms of hours or the sort of um, workouts that you were doing or classes or what were you doing? Well, you know, I mean, it's, it's actually like I do the same. Oh, I'm getting a reparation, are you? What's that? I was getting an echo on the mic. I didn't know if you were hearing that. Sorry. Um, I, it wasn't necessarily that my workouts are any different per se is that I were doing them in a higher intensity. And it was also then what I was eating after that. So I was really like in glycolytic situations, burning glucose. And then of course, afterwards you have to replenish it. And then you're on that cycle. And again, I was also trained and read and thought that that was the way to do it. So I was always so confused. I read all of these books and I was always so confused. And I asked personal trainers and I asked people and I'd be like, what do I do? And then I'd, it'd be like, it seemed it's, and here's the thing. This is why it does seem insane because it is because I'd be like, all right, what do I do? So I have a pre-workout uh, meal and then I have an after-workout meal. And then within an hour of working out, I've got to eat. Da, 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 uh, uh, what the hell? And that's wrong people. That's not how life's supposed to be. That's not how us as human beings are designed. It's not the kind of life we did this to ourselves. We got ourselves on a glucose dependent sugar burning train. And the evidence of that is type two diabetes in our society. And, um, and the obesity ep epidemic in general, but really that is what's happening. And it's just, when you look at the paleo primal paradigm and you really look into the science behind it, it's just undeniable. It's not, um, gosh, I mean, it would be like someone telling me that the world is flat. I would yeah. just say that's just sane. So for someone to tell me like, no, this, you know, that you really should ever eat every two, three hours, I would look at, I would, like want to give the middle finger to that person. And I'd be like, no, <laughs> that's not what you want to do. It's not how it works. So it would seem like a curse to our ancestors would be roaming and be without food. And then what can operate and be shut down muscles, catabolize and what, what they're, then they're prey. Mm. No, we kicked into ketosis. We lived off our own fat. Why do you think that mechanism is in there? <laughs> <laughs> it's most of what we're in, you know? Yeah. So it's just like, it's a lot of common sense when you look at the science too, and you look at how we were designed. And then when you look at the archeological record and you see that so many health problems did not even float onto the scene until about 10,000 years ago when grains came on the scene and people domesticated animals and we started to become farmers and, you know, and that's when skulls corrode, teeth corrode and, you, know, you look at skull from like a 10,000 year old farmer and you look at one from a 60,000 year old hunter gatherer ancestor and that hunter gatherer ancestor has a fully intact jaw and incredibly solid, perfect skull. And the farmers looks like it went through a goddamn dryer, you know, <laughs> Just like, looks like someone threw that thing. <laughs> Yeah, it looks like someone threw that thing in like a blender. It's just uh, like, oof, you could just like, you don't even need to know anything about science to look at the difference and go, that doesn't look right. <laughs> and then when they actually analyze it, they're like, yeah, no, this doesn't look right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and that's from the grains corroding the, the mouth because it's sugar, right? It's just yeah. glucose. Yeah. So it's all about glucose. It's all about the carbs. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. So you, so you did, you know, conventional wisdom, low fat, chronic cardio, you were suffering, you were using all your willpower and feeling completely confused. And it's almost like the way that you describe it, like I, I feel like I'm getting adrenal fatigue 
just reliving your past you know like how long yeah. how long can you, you sustain that for and yes you did achieve the you know the results that you were looking for but at the expense of uh, did I? Breaking, <laughs> yeah. breaking your body is how I um, heard you describe it on another um, podcast that you did with Brad yeah. Kearns actually just recently so so tell us about how what what happened in terms of how your health crisis looked Elle yeah, well, usually sometimes with females, it manifests itself gynecologically like abnormal periods or, or you know, cysts or fibroids or PCOS or any of this kind of junk. And with men, it would be not waking up with erections in the morning, you know, at the proper age. I mean, if you're 90, all right, maybe. But like not when you're... <laughs> You know, not when you're before, you know, of a decent age up until late, 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 you know, probably 60s, 70s. So, but at least in, you know, 40s, 50s, you should still should having that happen. And then really what happens is, so I started in my period every couple of weeks and I was like 30 years old and I was like, this doesn't make sense. And again, I never asked the, the question, well, well, what's causing this? And no one else asked it. They just slapped a Band-Aid on it and kept giving me the birth control pill and kept in it, kept bleeding through it, kept bleeding, got fatter and fatter, kept working out more. And that's another rub there too. So often because your metabolism gets so slow and a lot of people gain weight, some don't, but most do. So you start to gain weight and then you're trying to get ahead of that. So you're working out more, but now you're exhausting your adrenals and I am really really ruining yourself and you don't even know that you're doing it because in the mean meanwhile you're going to all these doctors that don't know what they're doing they're in 34 year 40 year old you know like outdated thyroid science and protocols and so now every day that goes by you're acceleratedly aging and you are falling apart rapidly so that's what happened to me and people tested my thyroid they're like you're fine just work out and eat, eat less i'm like i'm out two hours a day i'm swimming i'm hiking every i mean and there's no way like i eat 1200 there's no way you mm. know what i mean there's no way this is happening my hair is falling out i had over 30 symptoms at one point and they wow. range gosh from anything usually people have temperature issues so you're always cold cold hands and feet and cold when you shouldn't be you're always the coldest person um brain fog any type of brain stuff if you're feeling inside like you're scared because you feel like you're getting dumber or you feel like your brain, something's happening in your brain. And you're, that's a scary thing because you see people don't know how to, it hap, it creeps up on you because it's a brain thing. So your brain slowly stops working right. And so it's interesting because it kind of just can dawn on one, one day where you're like, what? I've just, I haven't done anything for like three weeks or like I I'm spacing out. Like I can't focus. Like it just, well, you, know, you don't notice it right away. Like you don't have two days of feeling weird. And then you're like, something's off. Like you're not like calling it right away. It, it creeps, it kind of creeps up on you. So it's a weird, and it's a weird thing to admit you sometimes that's kind of a lonely thing. Cause you're like, Oh, am I getting older? Am I aging? Am I dumber? Uh Oh, my aunt Sally had something like this. You know, she went crazy. Like maybe I, right. And then you're just kind of, I've had people say things like that. Like, I don't know my, you know, maybe I'm my brother's depressed. He has a problem. Maybe this runs in my family. Mm. And I was like, no, they, if you have Hashimoto's. They probably had untreated Hashimoto's too. Like that was probably their issue. Like yeah. depression didn't need to happen. Yeah. So any kind of mental stuff, uh, when you're hypothyroid, you can't focus. You can barely speak clearly. You mix up words, can't find the words. You have terrible hand to paper dexterity, really messy handwriting. You, have to reread things. You forget numbers. You 
become emotionally become overwhelmed and can't multitask. And that's really adrenals and thyroid as well. Usually inability to lose weight. Some people who don't have the weight issues will still have the exhaustion issues and the brain fog issues. They will still have that and maybe even the temperature issues. Um, but really a sense of bloat, like you have, because what happens is when you're hypothyroid, oftentimes your skin thickens. It's this really horrible thing. And you feel like when you bend your leg, you just drink a bottle of like soy sauce or MSG or something like you just, it's the worst feeling of being in the skin. It, you can't, and you can't escape it. And that's why it's so horribly depressing as well. But it's not, you don't become depressed because your body fell apart. You become depressed because we have more T3 receptors in our brain than anywhere else. And so sometimes there's this misconception that people are just depressed because of like, oh, well, your body's falling apart. Well, of course you're depressed. You're like, no, I'm mentally like technically depressed in my brain. Like your brain will not work. People will get fired from their jobs. I've known people that have quit preemptively afraid because they're going to get fired because they just did so poorly at work with numbers and things like that. So it's really unfortunate because the thyroid is the master gland of the body. So it doesn't even matter if you have the gland. Um, if you don't have it, you are on thyroid hormone replacement or you're dead. So you cannot live without thyroid hormones at all whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And so what does that tell you if you have suboptimal low levels throughout your life? You're going to die a very slow death and that's exactly what it feels like. It's a really horrible, lonely place to be. And when you 60% of people undiagnosed, so many people are mistreated and still on thyroid hormone and not doing well. And, you know, it becomes crazy making when you go to 500 million doctors and, you know, everyone around you thinks you're nuts because you've gone to all these doctors and they think mm -hmm. it's it, that they, now they're treating that, now they're over here and no one's looking at the stupid, simple, easy fix over here. That is the thyroid. Yeah. So any mental issues, depression, bipolar, any, anything with cholesterol, anything with, um, brain function and depression. But I said that before, but also, um, like, like obviously the inability to lose weight or just rapidly gaining weight. Um, oftentimes there's a puffiness and a sense of blow. You wake up with puffy eyes. Constipation is a huge one. Even that laxatives just doesn't, won't even work. Um, that's very common. And again, slow, sludgy, right? So when you're hyperthyroid, when you have an overactive thyroid, you at first can be bulging eyes, really skinny, pooping all the time, sweaty, clammy. And here's the dangerous part. You can have a heart attack because it makes your heart race. So it's even more dangerous. Now in that situation, people often think too, they go, Oh, well, I get it. I'll just take a bunch of thyroid hormone and then I'll burn all this shit off and, you know, just get rid of it and be fine uh, or accelerate it. Now, bodybuilders do this. They shut down their thyroids for like eight weeks to burn a bunch of fat before an event. It's really stupid. Don't, don't, don't do it. Don't try they do it though. <laughs> don't try it at home. Don't try it at the gym. Yeah. They, they don't do, they do it. But here's the thing. What they're doing in that moment, it shows you how powerful the fat burner T3 is. And T3 is the only biologically active thyroid hormone we have, period, end of story. And the levels in our body, the free T3 levels, absolutely correspond to how one's feeling, usually. And uh, too high, too low, etc. And this is really a Goldilocks game. And that's why we all, humans, again, we go back to like... What's our baseline as humans? We're 98.6 on average in the afternoon. doesn't matter if you live in Australia or you using Celsius Fahrenheit. I mean, sorry, 32, I think is the 
conversion. I'm not sure what you guys are doing over there, but for us, it's 98.6. And I think it's humans have that average temperature. I think uh, it's what? I think it's 37 and a half. Okay. I'll, I'll I know check. something like that. Um, <laughs> so at the end of the day, there's a reason for that though, right? Because we have enzymatic processes. It's like not too hot, not too cold. It's like the story of Goldilocks, you know, it's mm-hmm. really just, it has to be just right. So if you go too much in the other direction, you can eventually get fat. Too much T3 is inflammation. And also high metabolic rate, increased appetite, increased cortisol on the adrenals. T3 and the adrenals go hand in hand. The adrenals can't work without it. And that's why they often fail in fatigue when you are hypo. And at the same time too, they, they need it. You know, they both need each other. So, and the amazing thing, and this is where the connections, and this is obviously can be more of an advanced discussion, but paleo thyroid solution is not the gimmick of like, oh, you got fat because you got hypothyroid. Oh, and then here's the diet to lose the weight. That's yeah. that's totally it's part of it. But what it's really about is the fact that paleo primal diet and lifestyle is the ultimate in adrenal management and the ultimate in blood glucose management. And those two things are 100% in relation to how your thyroid works how and how your, for example, let's say you're a sugar burner and you have to eat every two, three hours, you have a meltdown, four hours, whatever, it doesn't matter. Any, anything under 24 hours, you, you can't handle it, you're a sugar burner. And so let's say you're that person. So let's say... You eat every four hours, but now six hours has gone by and you haven't eaten. So you're probably getting cranky, right? Yeah. And now at this point in the body of the sugar burner, your muscles catabolizing. So you actually do need to eat soon, right? But here's what's also happening. Cortisol is responding to this drop, this threat, because it's dropped now. And you haven't picked it up like you normally do. And it's concerned. So it's shooting off cortisol, <laughs> you know, as a, as a response. And that's an antagonistic thing to testosterone. So if you're a guy and you care about your testosterone, and if you're a girl and you care about your sex hormones too, and you should care about testosterone as well as a female, um, then then being a sugar burner is doing everything to give a big F you to every system in your body. Wow. Being a glucose-dependent sugar burner is literally just a losing battle. Mm. It's a losing game. Mm. So when, when you've talked about the symptoms there, like I know uh, a lot of the listeners will be thinking – Take, take. Oh, take. infertility, by the way, and, oh, and inability to get pregnant, and also miscarriages. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I wanted to mention that. Yeah, very important. So, all of the symptoms that you've mentioned, do you have to have all of those symptoms to be um, to have a thyroid issue, or could you just have like some of them? Like, no. So it's, you just have some of them. Some of them right. Yeah, okay. you could just be cold. Like someone just was freezing for a couple of weeks and caught it really quickly because they just were freezing, 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 like beyond, just could not get warm. And and that's that's a definite sign. And that was their only sign at that time. Um, some people will just have like a lot of exhaustion, any kind of depression, people really need to look into it. If you've kind of lost interest in life, become general malaise and kind of spacey and you feel like, oh, that's just part of aging, I'm getting older. No. Or like, oh, maybe that's just I'm healthy, I've got to get healthier. No. If you're exhausted and it takes you like three hours to get out of bed, really get going, that's that's also a sign. Temperatures, you can assess that, this at home. And I talk about it in my book. This is real easy to do. At home, you can really assess whether you have a thyroid issue by testing your basal morning temperature and your afternoon temp. Um, it, that's a very strong indication. And that costs, you know, three US dollars. You know, it's like nothing. Yeah. Um, it's like at the bottom of your purse, like stranded. 
That's that's how cheap that is. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the the side of the, the, yeah. Down the side of the couch and behind the car. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So so they can like basically a kangaroo has that much change on him. Like essentially. <laughs> It's totally doable. And that's great because these are the tests that people want to do. And in fact, quite a lot of people who've, you know, perhaps monitored their temperature for fertility reasons will have one of those thermometers in the medicine cabinet. So go and get it out and put it by your bed and and do and check your, your basal body temperature. But if somebody wanted to go to the doctor, this is a question I get asked a lot. I want to go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. I want to get my thyroid tested. When I went to my uh, doctor recently, I you know, I'm a bit of a um a bit of a geek, perhaps more than other people i know you'll totally relate l because you like to keep a track of your bloods on a regular basis and just make sure you know keep a check on everything that's happening when i went to see my doctor she just tested my free th uh yeah my free uh t4 and uh tsh that's all she tested of course that's all she tested because she's an uninformed moronic doctor who's (laughs) going off of what she learned in medical school like 25 to 40 years ago so what should we be asking? And that's for what, and by the doctors? way, there's a successor in my book who remained sick for ten years and had two miscarriages because of a doctor who only tested her TSH and her free T4. Mm. Okay, and you can hear her success story and hear all about the misery she went through on our podcast called uh, her name's Kara Han. And uh, or if anyone wants to email me, I always give everyone like a free. If you email me, uh, contact me through my website. You don't have to even buy my book. I always just, if you have a thyroid, think you have a thyroid issue, I send everyone a big long email of just here's how to get on the right path from blood tests to finding doctors to, you know, et cetera. You don't have to sign up for a newsletter or anything. Just contact me and I send it because, you know, I spend so much money on this junk and it's infuriating and I want to get people headed in the right direction without having to spend another dime. You know, I went so broke trying to figure this out. That's another thing. You know, you go through all these doctors, you spend all this money and you get steered in the wrong direction. So your doctor, so here's the thing. So here we go. So you heard me briefly mention earlier that I said the only biologically active hormone is T3. And I told you that bodybuilders will take a bunch of T3 to burn a bunch of fat before a competition. Mm -hmm. All right. So your doctor only tested T4. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Right. So the bottom line is I'll give a brief thyroid discussion. Mm -hmm. T3 is so powerful. It's so powerful. It is like throwing just, just gasoline on a fire. And we have this really elegant system whereby it gets kind of slow released, you can look at it, by a thing called T4, which is a pro-hormone. And it's pretty steady, and it's kind of got a long life, and it sort of stays around and then decides at what point do you need T3, and then it will convert the T4 into the T3. Here's where a couple of things can go awry. Sometimes, and I myself went through this, you can have a reverse T3 problem where the T4 is not converting into the thing that matters, which is why testing T4 would make no sense. It makes no sense whatsoever. It makes no sense whatsoever because it's not testing the thing that matters. Okay. Mm-hmm. But doctors steeped in old wisdom just think that that is the only thing that matters. That T4 is the only thing that matters, but they're not realizing that T4 is useless. I actually lived for five years with no T4 in my body. It's useless. It makes no T4 is useless unless it converts into the thing that matters, which is T3. That's why the bodybuilders take straight up T3. They're like, we don't have time for this conversion. T4 (laughs) takes too long. That, you know, we're just going to jam the straight up stuff. Right. So that's how that works. So endocrinologists classically test. Okay. So here's how it works at the base of your brain. The pituitary will sense at any given time when your blood is low in thyroid hormones and it will shoot off a signal to the thyroid like, yo, wake up, produce thyroid hormones. That signal is called the TSH. That stands for thyroid stimulating hormone. 
It is not a thyroid hormone at all. It is just a signal, pituitary hormone. Okay. It's just a signal that's going, wake up. Now, if the thyroid is doing its job, the thyroid gets the signal and goes, okay, great. It pumps out about 80% T4, about 20% T3. And then throughout the day, about 50% of that T4 is going to convert into some T3 as you need it, right? Now, it will flush out the stuff that's not converted, that excess T4. It'll flush it out through a system called reverse T3. Reverse T3, meaning it will convert into reverse T3, which is an inactive form of T3. Why does it do this? It's a really elegant system, and it's important to understand this because the reverse T3 system there is a metabolically emergency break for you in case of an emergency. For example, let's say you get into a horrible, horrible car accident and it's like a mess, there's trauma and there's, right? Now, oh my God, inflammation, horrible things are happening. At that point, your body's going to downregulate a lot of things and especially thyroid hormone. It's not going to throw any more metabolic fire and inflammation into this mix. It's not going to make you hypothyroid, but it's going to, right? It's going to convert that T4 is probably in that moment. It's going to convert into reverse T3. Does that make sense? Same if you got the flu. So at any given time, you as a human are not deciding this. Your body is making this decision. The T4 as a pro-hormone is kind of making this decision along with other things in your body as to when you need T3 and when to hold back. So when does it also hold back? It holds back when you starve yourself Mm. or you're starving. Because the thing is, is that if you're starving, your body's really going to shut things down because it's like she's not getting enough food. We're not burning any more fat until she starts to eat. So under eating, there's the low fat. There's the low fat. This goes goes back to that low fat over exercising, right? It's kind of starvation. Well, it is. It felt like it. And we were doing it. And that's called thyroid six syndrome, essentially, where it's like kind of starvation induced. But we can do that as humans just by over exercising and dieting, right? Mm. We're sending the wrong message. Or training for a marathon and not eating the right nutrition. And you're over exercising at a very high intense rate. And your body's like, this bitch is running from a saber tooth and she's starving. I mean, at that point, it's going to give it's going to give you a naturally reverse T3 problem anyway. Now, reverse T3 problems are on the rise with people that don't even have thyroid problems because of stress in our society mm. and because of lack of sleep and overexercising and being a sugar burner. These things can all lead to thyroid problems. They all lead to the adrenals going wacky, being antagonistic to thyroid. And so everybody needs to understand this gland. It's the master of the body. Can I live without it? It needs to be right. You need to know how to treat it, love it, and make sure that if it's working right, things are getting also metabolized right. And this goes to, so let's say you're on thyroid hormone replacement and you know, you could be on that for life. There's nothing wrong with that. I take thyroid hormone replacement right now. If you're on that, that's fine. But then you better make sure that this primordial baseline is ready to receive and metabolize that. So you see a lot of doctors could just throw a patient a thyroid hormone, Mm -hmm. but then that thyroid hormone could be backfiring on them based on what else is going on. Mm. If that makes sense. And there's a whole, uh, there's a lot of detail to all those things that could be going on. Look, having Lyme disease, any kind of chronic infection, uh, high mercury, um, I had heavy metal, high heavy metals can cause a reverse T3 or mitochondrial dysfunction or thyroid function. There's lots of disruptors out there. There's a million tests you can take, but at the end of the day, you know, it's about, this is a very important gland to be concerned with because it's the only one to be concerned with. Life is impossible without it. You can't have life without it. You're dead. Mm, yeah. You're dead. 
It's amazing. So you it's have amazing. no thyroid gland? You, you, you describe it so well, Elle, and um, it's just like I love the way that you've described it because it really does take it from a you know really scientific, hard-to-understand um, thing to being really you know said in layman's terms that we can all relate to, which is so cool. So if we wanted to have it tested, we want to go – so like I've been tested for you know, my free uh, T4 and my TSH, which is, you know, crap. Obviously, I read this Useless. before I read your book. And um, so now I'm going back to the doctors uh, this week to have it really check my thyroid. So what do I need to make sure that she's tested me for? The first basic, if only you could do these tests, right? These are the ones you do. You would do the TSH, the free T3, free T4, reverse T3. Now, those are the four main ones. And then about once or twice in a lifetime, but at least initially, you want to get the two Hashimoto's antibodies test because Hashimoto's is an autoimmune form of hypothyroidism. And that could require and does require a different set of circumstances, especially in terms of diet. So uh, it's important to get those. And there's two of them. Sometimes doctors only test for one and it's important to get tested for both because you could be positive for one, not the other, et cetera. Yeah. And those are TPO antibody or TPOAB that stands for thyroid peroxidase antibody. And then the other one is TG antibody or TGAB. And that is for thyroid globulin antibody. So those six are like the, the kind of first order business. Now, on top of that, there's some very important related ones that if you can do, I would also do as well. Mm-hmm. And that would be vitamin D, 25-hydroxy, to test your vitamin D levels. Mm-hmm. That's often low in hypopatients. Ferritin, F-E-R-R-I-T-I-N, that's iron storage. iron storage. And that should be between 50 and 100. Usually when it's on a scale of like 0 to 150, it should be like 50 to 100. But that has to be proper for thyroid to work well, whether it's thyroid hormone you're taking from a bottle or whether it's your own thyroid hormone. And even a low iron storage can mess up your thyroid. And sometimes this stuff is a simple fix. Do you know what I'm saying? How this stuff sometimes is a really simple fix. Sometimes it's like, oh, I just need to get my iron levels up and, you know, it takes some B12. Jesus, how stupid is that, right? This is like the dumb. Sometimes this is really dumb stuff. And, and selenium is a big part of that. And I'll tell everyone right now, anybody in this world right now, everybody who's got a thyroid uh, and even if you don't, because you're on thyroid hormone <laughs> replacement, you still should be taking like selenium. You want to get about at least 200 micrograms of selenium every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, those are the, so you want to get B12 tested as well, maybe homocysteine. Um, if you're really worried about insulin resistant or having become pre-diabetic, then you want to get the HbA1c. That's the hemoglobin A1c test. And that requires like a significant amount of fasting for. So when you take the morning test, I don't even think you can eat or even like drink anything but a sip of water past 10 o'clock at night or you know I mean it's like a, that one you have to Prepare do a number on for the preparation yeah um and then and those are pretty much I mean those are pretty much mm, a good standard to go by shot. initially and then of course there's a million other functional medicine tests you can do and are great if you can do it but if you can only afford to do a few kind of start off with that that bunch yeah mm. That's that's a brilliant place to start. And so um DHEA, sorry, DHEA sulfate, especially if you're in general, because that that decreases as we age and that's an adrenal situation that often gets really low in people with hypothyroidism. So I would test DHEA sulfate as well. Cool. All right. 
So I'll make a note, I've made a note of all this. I'll put them in the show notes. So if you're driving along in your car and you're listening, no need to pull over and make notes. It'll all be um, in the show notes. So Elle, that's awesome. Thank you for that. Now I'm just going to intersperse with a little. Wait, I want to go back. Go on. Sorry to interrupt, but I want to go back because you mentioned earlier that your that your TSH and your free T4 were only tested, right? Yeah. So now that I've given that like the whole discussion, right, we can really see you don't even need to be a scientist to go, well, if that's the thing that converts into something else and the something else is the only thing that matters, why the hell aren't they testing the something else? And now you can see why people go untreated and screwed for years when the doctor goes, well, your thyroid's fine. I'm giving you the right dose. And the person's going, I'm feeling awful. And they're like, what's well, in your head? Or maybe you need Prozac. Yeah. No, you're not in the fucking right test. Cut your calories, work out more. Yeah, no, it's not going to work actually. So don't don't worry about that. And 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 what a relief this is for for me, for you, for other women who really do believe that the the key to everything is to exercise more and eat less, and and do it through like a, a you know a process of it's almost like a punishment oh. and and feeling guilty when because you're hungry but you're not supposed to be eating until the clock says you're supposed to be eating and it's just this horrible um place to be that's just coming from a real place of you know you, it really eats into your self-worth and your self-love and, and totally trashes your health it's it's not a good spot to be in is it this way is so much more liberating oh it's it's torture i've been there i was there for years i was there most of like probably from teenagers on you know, so until, I mean, until I figured it out, right. But it, it really is achievable. And the thing that sucks about the past paradigms, like you try diets and then they may work, whatever, but there's always like, again, like there's suffering and struggling involved. And again, it's the mental, the mental struggle and suffering is just as bad as the actual physical dying and your brain starving for something as well. That's painful too. Neither one of those things gets you anywhere, but just ill health. And and it's not right, is it? That doesn't feel right and natural, does it? Are we really supposed to be suffering like that? Doesn't feel like that's right. Again, back to like aliens, God, where we believe in. Like, doesn't feel right that we have to endure. That's not. Doesn't seem right. And when you look at the genetics, and you look at uh, you look at science, you look at you know the human body and how it's designed. It makes total sense. Yeah. You go, it's like the light bulb goes off. I mean, obviously it went off for you. I know how passionate you are about it, um, but it really does. And that's why I think I became so passionate about it. This is, you know, I initially started off. I'm a comedy writer. I did not expect to write a nonfiction <laughs> book. I was a TV film writer. I still am, but I did not expect to write a nonfiction book about health. And you know people for years have been like, Oh, you should write a book. And I was like, well, yeah, but what has, hasn't been said or whatever until I experienced reverse T3 until I experienced the benefits and what happened with paleo primal lifestyle and how it affected that. And the light bulbs just went off and became a compulsion to write it. It was an absolute, you know, and it's just like you with your life. When something changes your life so much like this, it's, it's an immediate lighting of a fire under you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I just want to go just a, a slight diversion here, Elle, because we're, we're talking about the lighting of the fire, the, having the inspiration to do things that you didn't think were possible before, like for you to go out and write your nonfiction book. Um, and I know that takes a lot of, you know, facing our fears, facing any limiting self-beliefs we hold around ourselves um, and really like, you know, 
pushing our, our boundaries so we can get rid of those upper limits that we've got so we can go out and really you know your 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 message and your book and you can hear it just from listening to you it's like you are living on purpose you it's your life's work to share this message and to you know inspire other women and let them know they're not going crazy they're not on their own and there is something they can do about it and it's a very easy and delicious thing to do it's not like really hard it's really simple so can we talk a little bit about because I know you're you're into the accessing your intuition um and you know getting rid of self-beliefs did that was that a lot easier for you to do after you'd gone paleo I think it's easier to be an intentional and tender and a manifester and happier because see so when you're intending in life and creating your own reality in a lot of ways that really requires a, a a level of positive vibration and when you have steady glucose and adrenals <laughs> you know you're, you're steady and 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 pretty happy you know what i mean it's 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 a better foundation from which to achieve things anyway you know there's a guy i've had on my podcast he has a podcast called Peak Performers. His name's Thor Conklin. And he's, um, he's a 53-year-old dude. He trains, you know, people in businesses, helps them make money. And he's more of a strategist, real type A. But he really firmly believes every, th- every single client, he's like, what are you eating? What are you doing? Like, you cannot even be successful and achieve your goals unless you really take a look at that. And it's not that you can't be successful if you're in ill health or plenty of people that are. It's just that, you know, there's certainly going to be that part of your life that's still missing. What I think it takes is this. I tell people this. So I had a friend who was really a a depressive downer for most of his life and went to therapy after therapy after therapy, dug in, kept reliving old stories, you know, and there's nothing wrong with purging that and addressing those things. But at the end of the day, it's like, if you wanted to be a master of something like, let's say you want to be a painter, you don't necessarily actually have to take a painting class or go get your MFA, but you're at the very least, you know, would have to at least go get some supplies and maybe mess around, maybe watch a YouTube video. I don't know, like maybe watch a couple YouTube videos on a painting, like how to paint a tree. Like you might, you might, but the bottom line is, Whatever it is you're trying to achieve, why don't you go find out the people who've already done it and see how they did and see what they have to say about it. You got to go learn. So if you want to be happy and you want to be successful, it's like you've got to go read and learn from all the people that have already achieved who are happy. I have very few bad days. It's not that there's moments that don't come up. Ego's going to pop up. Someone's going to die. You're going to mourn someone. It's not to say, oh my gosh, turn it around. Your mom just died. <laughs> it's like, of course not. <laughs> you and being them cry my eyes out. Yeah. But, but it's like, Seriously, I, I, I'm hitting hard because how badly do you want it? Mm. It, it? That's all on you. How badly do you want it? It's like Mark Sisson even says, I can't convince you that your life sucks, whether that's with your health or anything else. You know whether you're there. You hit your bottom. Are you going to do it? And it doesn't take taking an MFA course. You can go onto YouTube and type in a video about find out books about people who are happy book on happiness book on success book on read learn half the stuff's out there for free there's tons of interviews with the authors of those books even if you can't afford the books you can go youtube a a, a google interview about that guy talking about his book him or her you know what i mean (laughs) so so how badly do you want it because you can't uh, you know was it einstein that said you know you can't solve current problems with the same paradigm which caused them right yeah 
you know, so, so you have to take one step. And I always say the one step is the action you have to take is just learn and search about whatever it is you want to do, be or become. So if that is like, oh my God, I'm so tired of my horrible health, start getting into that. Start researching that. Listen to the free podcasts that are out there, right? Or or if it's, I want to make money. Oh, there's a hundred podcasts on that, hundred books on that. You know, I want a successful relationship. I want to find my soulmate. There's a million books. You know what I mean? Someone has something to say about this. There's success stories from this. Things work, you know, for a reason. There's, so it's out there. Um, it's, it's never been a, an easier time, you know, to, to access this stuff. Like you say, with all these, there's so much information, almost like too much information out there on the, on the, on websites, on podcasts, on, you know, Facebook, you can just have a whole Facebook feed of inspiring things. You can sign up to people's mailing lists and get, you know, their free opt-ins of, of how to transform your life. So it's such a great time to get access to all of this information. So it's, it's totally doable for everyone. Like you say, you know, whether, it doesn't matter how much money you've got. So for, obviously you've done a lot of, um, you know, personal growth yourself, Elle. Does that, has that transformed into any daily practices that you do? Oh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say that I do the same set in the same order at the same time, like every day, like I don't right. have that. Sometimes, I mean, there's times where sometimes every morning, uh, it just depends. Like sometimes in the mornings, I like to, I'll read a little bit of something spiritual or self helpy or interesting or some philosophy that I like. It's often reread stuff constantly, or I might listen to part of an audiobook uh, that I like, and sometimes not. But one of the things I'm constantly aware of is wherever I can intentionally appreciate. And because the universe loves grateful people. <laughs> and the more you're grateful, the more you actually get to be grateful about, the more that actually you have to be grateful about. And so I'm often in intense appreciation on a million levels. And that could be from like just the other day, I drive through, I drive through the canyons a lot of the mountains. And so I drive a couple of canyon roads. I have two choices to go to and from the beach. And they're both beautiful drives. I mean, there's, there's there are car commercials that have been filmed on them. They are just amazing and they never get old. But I'm going through these tunnels and, you know, it just it sort of dawned on me one day where I was like, I was imagining, I was just so grateful for the feat of engineering, for the people, the geniuses that came before us that figured out how to bomb holes through mountains to, to make these beautiful, you know, and, and the trans just so marveling and even something like that. Do you see what I mean? It doesn't have to be like, oh, I'm grateful for my eyes. It can be personal, but it can also just be grateful and appreciating anything that you see out there. Now, at first, it'll seem fake. At first, it seems contrived because if you're in a negative spiral and you're in that bitchy phase of life and you're not a positive person, then yeah, you're kind of a downer and it seemed a little fake and a little forced. Well, first of all, you don't have to express it to anyone. It can be internal. And secondly, you know, it, this is a practice. And, and then that becomes kind of natural and you start to like really just appreciate so many more things and that just breeds so many happy things and more to be appreciative for and it will spiral and you could just start there um because there are so many great things but often you know we have like what 60 to 90 thousand thoughts a day but often they're the same ones over and over yes yep. start changing it up people guys we got to change it up we're thinking about the same stuff same conversations same people same same bs we're thinking about we're getting in other people's business in the same way in our head unexpressed we're doing all that bs and we need to start to be aware of one's thoughts that's where it starts mm -hmm. we have of course like so many a day but you start to get a little bit more aware what stories are you telling yourself what are you saying to yourself what are you saying to other people yes 
Um, it could be as small as this. I used to get compliments. Sometimes people would say like, Oh, are you single? And I'd be like, or like, you know, dates when I'd say, Oh no, they're like, Oh really? Oh my gosh. Well, you know, you're so pretty. You'd think like you'd get a hit on all the time. Now that seems like a really lovely compliment. Like who wouldn't accept that? That is a nice thing to be said to, but this was my response. (laughs) I used to be like, Oh, listen, the only people that hit on me are like, she's homeless people or like, I would just, I would have this story of like, yeah. and it did, it had happened a couple of times. Like the only people that hit on me, like a homeless guy and like, a, just a nightmare like situation. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was funny. It was a way to deflect the compliment. That's one thing to look at, right? Why can't I just accept that compliment? Um, one way to justify, why am I justifying anything? Um, and also too, then what, what kind of story am I telling? Mm. Do I really only then want to just get hit on by no. So, you know, I just stop telling the story. And if people said that, I was just like, Oh, thanks so much. I, I'm, I'm, ho- I can't wait. I'm looking, I'm hoping for it. Bring it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I turned around. Um, so what stories are we telling ourselves and other people? Language is important. Words matter and they imprint our subconscious. So it starts there. And if anyone's curious, you know, look up law of attraction, look up the power of the subconscious mind, the science of mind, um, this is all free or, and, or really cheap information out there to start to get going. And, and so for a lot of people, I think a gratitude list morning and night, even if it's mental running through a few things you're grateful for, even it's like, I'm so grateful to have this amazing bed and these sheets, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and, and you know, cause think about, look, there's people that don't have beds. Okay. And everyone's crashed on someone's couch before. No one wants to do that long term. <laughs> right. And someone has it worse than, you, right. So you may be in a wheelchair, but you're like, thank God I have my arms. Mm-hmm. And then there's somebody who's got no use of their arms and legs. And like, thank God I got my brain and I'm alive. Yeah. And so it doesn't matter what level you're at. And I'm not saying look at a negative to create a positive, but again, that's where I find a lot of appreciation. For example, I'll tell you what, like one of my worst nightmares would be and no offense to anyone who does this, but I hate like bright fluorescent lights of like public mm-hmm. libraries, you know, things like that, you know, really that, okay. that kind of lighting just, mm-hmm. it kills me. And uh, I've always just been like, Oh, like I'll walk into one of those places. And so grocery stores are like that for me. Yeah. And I would, I was always, every time I go to the grocery line and someone's checking me out, I, I literally, I, I, I sometimes leave in tears of gratitude that I'm like, Oh my God, I don't work here. Yes. Thank God. I don't have to work here yeah, that's or really- that I don't. And it's no offense. Just working there. Someone could be working there right now and go, well, thank God I don't shovel shit. It doesn't, there's nothing, I'm not judging that job. No. That's just my, my preference life would be what would be like, oh my gosh, you can find that there can be something individual like that for everybody out yeah. there. Yeah. There's something in your life that's more awesome that you're lucky for. And if you're listening to it right now, you've got ears. Yeah, you can hear. Be grateful so, that you've tuned into you this go. amazing podcast with these two inspirational women. There you go. <laughs> that's that's one. That's one to kick you off. And you know, I love I love gratitude and um, practicing gratitude in the beginning for me was something to do to give my brain. You know, like I always think of my my mind as a bit of like a cheeky toddler. And so if you give it something to do, go on, think of three things to be grateful for. It gives it something to do. And practicing gratitude, it starts, like you say, it does sound, it does feel a bit fake at first, and it. But I reckon it's like flexing a muscle in the body. The more you train your brain to go down this route, the more it becomes second nature. And everywhere you look, there'll, there'll be something to be grateful for. Even though I notice when people first start off practicing gratitude, it's the same stuff. I'm really grateful for my family. I'm really grateful. For, like, no, it's just like the things I should be grateful for. 
whereas when you when you start to practice gratitude and get used to doing it you really do start to experience everything and then obviously when you're grateful that opens the door for more awesome stuff coming your way so yeah that's great get on to gratitude well, if you're not i like that you i like that you pointed out that difference and also want to highlight what about the idea of another thing that i think is important for everybody to probably do more of is how about being grateful for one's own awesome qualities and characteristics? Mm, yeah. You know, there's something about you that you think is pretty great. Right. And congratulate yourself for that. Whoever, whatever that is. Right. You know, maybe that's, maybe that's, you know what? I'm a really great friend. I'm really, you know what? I'm a good friend. I am. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's just that, you know, or maybe it's, I'm a wonderful listener. I'm a wonderful caregiver. I, you know, I'm a wonderful wife, mother. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what you are. It could be like, I'm really funny or, you know, you know, I, you so I'm logical and smart. <laughs> I love how efficient I am. It could be anything that you like about yourself. doesn't yeah. even mean that other people have to like it. Um, there's something everyone's proud of. So it is great feel that as well and it's great to feel that because we've been brought up especially i reckon as well especially i know as women to you know um get back in your box don't be too big for your own boots who do you think you are don't blow your own trumpet don't get carried away settle down you know we've had these messages all of our lives that have really kind of like um dumbed us settle down, down that makes me laugh yeah <laughs> settle down <laughs> settle down totally true yeah so oh yeah yeah and so it's 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 almost like it feels like we're bragging or it feels like we're show-offs to think of nice things about ourselves but actually it couldn't be couldn't be further from the truth now um now l i've got two final questions for you one one's quite a big question so at what point in your life did you go i'm gonna write a book oh well Hmm. Well, so I was already a writer before that, yep. but I did not think about, well, actually I did. So many, many years ago, I thought about writing a book and I had a couple of random ideas. This has nothing to do with health or anything. It was just a long time ago. And I had a friend who was a writer and I asked him like, well, what do you do? And you're like proposing to write a book or whatever. And he was like, well, this is what you have to do. You have to basically do like a book report and all of the books in that field. And he told me like how to do, and he gave me, he showed me his, he gave me an example of the book that he had published. He gave me an example of like the proposal and he was kind of explaining like, well, this is basically how you do one. And I'm like, all right, cool. And I kind of didn't do anything with it until so many years later. And I'm glad I had that because then when I did get this book published, uh, Brad Kearns, you know, publisher said, do you mind if we use this as an example, the future writers pitching us books as to how to do a proper pitch book proposal? <laughs> and I said, yeah, that's awesome. I would be honored. So that was wow. pretty funny. It kind of came back. I'm really glad I did the previous investigation. So there was obviously a little bit of an inkling, but I was already a writer. I was a comedy writer, writing sketch comedy, performing that comedy, um, wrote some natural history stuff, some screenplays, sitcoms. And people had been like, you know, you should write a book on this. And I did say, and this is part of law of attraction too, and not being attached to things. 
I said at the time on a hike, my friend reminded me, I said, yeah, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll do that. Once I do this other stuff, yeah, I'll definitely, I'll, whatever, someday I'll get that done. You know, it was like a throwaway, like, yeah, yeah. And then it sort of happened and came to the forefront sooner than I would have thought. And I didn't know it was going to be about paleo thyroid and this connection because I hadn't been there yet. At the time someone suggested it to me, I'd gotten through my first bout of hypothyroidism. And I just was like, eh. you know, I kind of think I wanted to be done with the subject because I was like, yeah, I'm done being sick. I'm done with this. And it wasn't until the second time and getting beaten down again. And for those who don't know, I actually fixed my own hypothyroidism twice and dosed myself without a doctor. So talk about getting involved in your own, <laughs> in your own <laughs> program. I mean, I basically doctored myself. So, so that's really what I did. And I think by the end of the first time I was like, I am done with this topic, right? Like I just don't even want to, yeah. you know, and, and websites and podcasts still weren't at all really huge in terms of this then. And then and when I went through the second bout and then I figured out the answer and solved it and with paleo primal, that's when it all came together. Mm. And that's when I was like, and then it's so funny because I just happened to have just started working for Mark Sisson and that's how I was introduced to this stuff. And he, you know, following his stuff changed my life. And then I became a primal health coach through his program and, you know, sit on the advisory board of that. But the, the process was seamless because when I pitched it to him, he said, you know, I've been wanting to do a thyroid book. And I go, well, I've got your answer right here. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I handed that book proposal. I went back. I dug it up in my files, <laughs> that old thing I want to ask my friend for. And then there you go. And now it's used. It's going to be used as an exemplar here or whatever. That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, uh, you know, here's the thing, though. It wasn't um, a daunting task for me because I've already had experience in writing some pretty long, daunting projects. Mm. Uh, I finished a documentary recently. That's kind of a complicated situation. Uh, screenplays, you know, dramas, sitcoms, these things are all still a level of intensity that is also required in writing a book. So I feel like I already had a little bit of that proper self-training there from being a, um, a writer. And I had never taken a course on it, never wanted to be a writer, and accidentally came across about by being a, a comedic improv actor and doing sketch comedy. And so, again, it's like I just followed what I loved and then something else showed up that I happened to love and then something showed up that I happened to love and then it all came back around to my initial thing that I had wanted to do, which was voiceover in terms of Mark Sisson was like, hey, when I take over my podcast, I'm too busy. So everything I wanted to do and wow. all of my dreams have really, a lot of them have manifested, but they have all come from just one step first. Just you take that one comedy class, then you're next thing you know, you're in a troupe. Next thing you know, you're performing, right? Now you're writing. Oh, hey, look, maybe we should write something bigger. Let's do a sitcom, buddies. Okay, now that's done. Let's do a screenplay. And then next thing you know, someone shows up and goes, oh, I need a writer for something. And you're like, I'm here. And this just, it, it keeps going. And I could have never predicted this. And I couldn't have planned it better myself. And that's, that goes to not worrying about the how we can take action, but you don't worry about the ultimate how you get there because you're limiting an otherwise unlimited universe and things often happen better than you could have otherwise designed it. And I have learned that and been able to go, I could put that foot in front of me, but I don't need to see the whole way there. And I'm not going to worry about that. And I, I love that. And that's, that is, I mean, the way that you've described that there is absolutely perfect. And it's so inspiring. And the key thing that you've done is you've taken action and you, you've trusted and you haven't, you, of course you'll have had, you know, some fears along the way, but you've just, you know, continued to put one foot in front of the other and take action. And that's how you've, you know, achieved this extraordinary life in, in every aspect, not just amazing health, but a crap career, 
you know, you, you've you've achieved it. <laughs> I mean, you're doing you're doing amazing on every level, which is which is so inspiring. And I know we haven't talked at all about about paleo primal uh, uh, because that is the solution to to the whole of the world's problems, <laughs> which it is, right? Right from global warming it's right through to right through yeah. to your low iron problems and, and you're not being able to get out of bed or fancy having hot sex with your husband. Like that is the answer. Yeah. We should be delivering primal meals to the White House. That's how that's going over here. We should get everybody in government on paleo. <laughs> oh Could you imagine? Oh, and just practicing a little bit of mindfulness. Better. Just coming from gratitude and forgiveness and compassion. Imagine the world. Anyway, we can only do what we're doing and getting out there and inspiring other people else. What's that? You have to move to Finland for that kind of yeah. care. Yeah, they, they've got it sorted up there. So, so coming on to my final question, I have actually got a reader's question or a listener's question, which is really exciting. So, one of my um, fabulous clients, and she's a customer of our brand, and she's been on um, heaps of my uh, programs as well. Melissa Palmer. She has Hashimoto's. And she's got a question for you, Elle. She says uh, she's been doing paleo, I think coming up for a couple of years, it's completely transformed her health on every single level and obviously contributed to her managing her Hashimoto's. And she's what she's saying now is she's got some belly fat. And she's asking you, do you think she needs to do the autoimmune pro, uh, paleo protocol to shift it? Or could it be an estrogen dominance or an adrenal issue? Okay, and you said belly fat, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's usually adrenals and or thyroid. Um, but also, it's it, by way of adrenals, it could be like over-exercising or over-stress. So it could be lack of sleep, right? It could be maybe over-exercising too much intensity. Um, if I, w- I don't know if she's on medication or not for her Hashimoto's or if she's managing she it naturally. Yeah, I think she's on medication. Yeah. Okay. So I would just, um, without seeing her levels and talk, if like that's her only symptom is just a like belly fat or like, like just she feels great otherwise, but she's like, oh my God, there's belly fat around the middle. Then I would really, I would do maybe even a 24 hour saliva cortisol test and just take a look at adrenal support. And we're talking like maybe some adding sea salt could be complex, maybe even like uh, methyl B12 folate combo. Um, of course, look at gut health in general, because maybe if it's is it belly fat or is it bloat, you know, I don't know which one, you know, sometimes there's fat that's on top that's visceral, that's just tough to get away, has a Bradofia, and then there's like that distension that feels also like a bloat, like a tire. It's usually like adrenal and cortisol issues, which are related to thyroid. So even though she's been paleoprimal, I'd still then would ask a few questions about diet. And I would say, take a look at, well, I would want to know where her antibodies are at. Um, because depending on where they're at could be how it's affecting that part of her body. See, because thyroid affects adrenals and affects all this stuff. So if she's keeping it in check, that's great, but there might be something dietary. Like for example, there's people with autoimmune issues that have discovered certain things like red pepper seasonings, like paprika are affect them in certain ways. Um, if this has been going on for a while and she feels great now the other way, then I would just look at food sensitivity issues and things that can cause inflammation. Now, Hashimoto's can cause inflammation, but 
also soak in certain food things. And again, I would have to like talk to her more to go like, is it just a little bit of fat you still haven't gotten rid of yet? Or is it like this growing tire and you feel really bloated as well? So I'd probably ask her way more questions. But as a baseline, yeah, it can be all of those things. It can be adrenals and it can be thyroid. Um, Again, it really can be just your personal decisions on lifestyle in terms of not getting enough sleep. You know, that's really the key. When you start to get fat around the middle and adrenals get wonky, that's when it's like get back to basics Mm -hmm. on sleeping and resting and chilling out on the exercise because here's what happens. Oftentimes, so people get this belly fat and they're like, oh my God. So then they go work out more to try to get rid of it. Yeah. Right. And so now what are you doing? You're creating more belly fat. So, you know, and again, I don't know her well enough to know, like, is she doing paleo primal, right? Assuming she is, but again, hopefully she's grain free. Yeah. And if the antibodies are very low, that's great. If she can't get down the antibodies, there is something for that ultimately that can do it, which is called low dose naltrexone, which is a drug that has to be prescribed by a doctor that's in low amounts at night. If you take it can really lower antibodies because sometimes people can do all that they can do and still need a little extra help. But assuming she's got it controlled and she's feeling great, it's it's either like her thyroid needs to be adjusted, her medication, or it's like adrenal stuff she needs to work on herself. Now, estrogen dominance, yeah, that's, I had it. And that is a possibility. And that is, that is yucky. Going through any kind of good detox is great. And of course, look at a functional workup. I mean, I had fibrocystic breasts and uh, lots of symptoms of estrogen dominance, but they were related to excess fibrinogen, excess fibrin in my blood. Mm. I got rid of that in three months by taking systemic enzymes. Like some of these things are dumb and stupid and easy. It just takes a good functional doctor though, to be looking at an element to understand what it is. Do you know what I mean? And that thing that I just told you about also contributes to inflammation. So usually one little thing off, right, will domino affect a couple of things. So sometimes this is, you know, it, this could be a million things, right? Yeah. These are the basics that we just talked about. But of course, if those things don't resolve, you go to look at other arenas. Um, and there, you never know what you're going to find. I mean, I really, my life was saved by a functional doctor, even though I had fixed my thyroid, even though I'd went paleoprimal, even though that part was doing well. So many things can go off when you're in a hypothyroid state that aren't completely resolved by taking thyroid hormone or diet. Shit can get messed up that sometimes cannot get fully turned around until you have to intervene with like an enzyme or a supplement or something, right? So that's another thing too, depending on how long she remained undiagnosed or untreated or feeling crappy and hypo before she got on medication. You know, I don't know what her thyroid story is, But that would be something to look at, too, because long sufferers often then beget other issues that cannot completely always be cleaned up. You know, usually it needs nutritional or supplemental health, you know? Yeah, yeah, great. Brilliant, brilliant answer. Um, There's heaps um, that I know Melissa will be able to take from that. And also the other listeners will be getting a lot from that, too. Um, I'm going to be really cheeky and just throw in my uh, test results. (laughs) Why not? Yeah. That's the expert. So my thyroid, my free T4, which you'd tell me is completely pointless, was 12. And my TSH was 0.81, which was within range. But I can't tell anything, can I, until I test my T3 and my um, free T3 and my free T4 and my reverse T3. Now, did you just take T4 and TSH or free T4? Uh, Free T4. Sorry. Okay, so it was 12 in a range of what? 9 to 19. Um, 
And your TSH was 0.81 in a range of what? In a range of 0 0.40 to 4.00. Okay. Hold on. Are you on thyroid medication? No. Well, that's interesting. So your TSH, uh, and maybe I'm hearing it wrong, is it below the range or very low into the range? It's within range. So mine is 0 0.81, and the range starts at okay. 0 0.40. So four, four zero. Okay, got it. Okay, right. Um, honestly, that doesn't tell us anything. <laughs> so, um, here, and here's why. Well, here's why. So the TSH, by the way, getting back to that for people that learned that earlier, the reason that TSH isn't reliable is because it fluctuates so much throughout the day, right? Because so as you recall, like it's just a, a signal. It's, is that just like a snapshot? Of where right, it was? It's a snapshot. So, right. It, it, so here's the thing. The only time that it would be, the really, we, still, we still use it. Here's why. So let's say you told me it was like, 5.0. I would go, whoa, because then I would say, you should get your free T3 tested because you know what that says? That could, that's like, that would be the top of the range, right? Or, you know, it's like, let's say the end of, I think the top of the range is what, 4.5, something like that? Uh, Yeah, 4. Yeah. The TSH? TSH? Okay, so let's yeah. say you had like 4.5 or 5 TSH. Now at that point, I would go, okay, look, you do need to get your free T3 tested because that's very high. And what that is potentially saying is that your brain is screaming at your thyroid like yeah. yo wake up <laughs> this chick needs thyroid hormones so here's why we don't use the tsh test and people should just be able to conclude this logically anyway but I'll, I'll do the do the connection which is you don't call up a you know company and order something and then if you don't get it you don't just keep ordering it the signal the signal can keep it can scream at the thyroid all she wants. We don't care. What's happening? Are you getting the package? The package is T3. Yeah. We're shipping. Look at the tracking, right? Like, so, so the signal, it, so it tells us a little something, but people get misdiagnosed all the time. I talked about this on a podcast with Mark Sisson and Brad Kearns. Both of them had doctors tell them they were concerned about their thyroid, even though both of them had no symptoms whatsoever, just because their TSH was like 3.5 or 4.0 at the time of the test. But the thing is, is that it just could be the moment of which their body needed thyroid hormones because they both just worked out. Then they went and got yeah. the blood test yeah. and the blood's, you know, just tested it as a snapshot of saying, hey, it's sending the wake up call high at that time. It doesn't mean they have a problem. And so that's why we also factor in symptoms. We don't just look at labs. Um, so that tells us nothing. We need to see your free T3 and yeah. everything else. Yeah. Yeah. And my iron was really low. So the, the scale is 30 to 300. But it looks lower. Yeah. I mean, it looks, it looks lower nice. than normal. But do you have any symptoms? Yeah. So I'm cold a lot. And I've put a few pounds on around my middle. That I don't, I don't know why. I've tried a bit of a ketosis reset, you know, going back to your, changing your diet, um, throwing in some intermittent fasting because I thought, you know, if any of my macros are out, drop in a meal when that was easy to do, um, would kind of like level out any macro imbalances I might have. So, yeah, just a bit of what else would I say? Because the, the TSH is very low. So that's the right. only kind um, and again, I'm not, and so is the T4, although I'm not used to usually that range. Our free mm -hmm. T4 is a different range. So I'd have to look at it a little bit carefully. But from those numbers, that's why I asked you, your TSH is very low. And I said, are you on thyroid hormone? Because yeah. sometimes thyroid hormone will suppress it like that. 
that is very low. Either, either you are not getting enough calories for you, which is unlikely. Sometimes people after having some children, I don't know how old your children are, um, can go in that direction. It could be a selenium deficiency. It could be low iron storage that's affecting yeah. this. Well, that, um, that's what I was going to tell you. My ferritin on a scale of 30 to 300 is 10. I got oh, no, you're a mess. Okay, so you need to take <laughs> iron right away. Do you know that? Yeah, so I'm taking – I've been seeing my naturopath with these results, and um, she's put me on some – No, no, you need to take iron tomorrow. You need to get yeah, it tonight. That's a disaster. Some, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's not. Yeah. So I'm, still right. like, I'm, I'm like, I've got a lot of energy. So I'm still, you know, you know. That could be why the thyroid's off, though. That ferritin is extremely low. I had restless legs and was a, had a lot of brain fog when my ferritin was a 10. So um, that is very low. And once you get that back up, that might also help us too. But it wouldn't matter anyway. You'd have to get it back up. So you are aiming to get that back up. And we can always talk after this about the best form of iron. But in my opinion, in lots of thyroid patients' opinion, the best form is ferrous bisglycinate chelate. F-E-R-R-O-U-S, second word, B-I-S-G-L-Y-C-I-N-A-T-E, ferrous bisglycinate chelate, C-H-E-L-A-T-E. A lot of brands have that form. With the ferritin now low, you need to be taking like 27 milligrams three times a day, and you can build it up. You can do like one a day for five days, then you double that dose, and you always take it with food and vitamin C. And you got to really take it for a while. It takes a while to build up iron storage. It doesn't just take like a couple of weeks, it's something you got to really stick with. But this can absolutely be why you maybe are having some thyroid problems because hyposymptoms mimic low ferritin and also then will reflect itself. And here's why. If you don't have pro- the best way to explain it without getting too sciencey is if you don't have proper iron storage, aka ferritin levels, yours are extremely low. Yeah. Your own thyroid can't get to where it needs to go. It kind of can't be transported and affect what it needs to affect. So you could be getting a thyroid issue because of this low ferritin. So you got to really stick with the iron and you got to do a religious every day about it. And, um, that's, that's what I would do. And you probably would need to get tested for another eight weeks because it was not going to improve that significantly. And you're not going to overshoot in eight weeks either. Okay. All right, I'm just so you could get the ferritin to be tested in eight weeks. Like you don't have to do it right away or check in with it right away. You don't want to let it go a year and take iron every day for a year. But like, you know what I mean? You're not going to over toxicology yourself with iron. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah well, these, some these people are, are worried about that. They look up iron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- these are done at the end of July. So we're like coming up to the end of September now whilst we're recording this. So it's probably if I book it, you go and see the doctor again in, in a in a couple of weeks but that's really fascinating and but the thing that i'm thinking is my my diet is really rich in vitamin c i'm eating a lot of beautiful grass-fed protein so in terms of iron in my diet it's there so why is it not so let me explain why here's why so this is a this is a classic situation so it doesn't matter how much iron you eat and consume. There is a point of which there's kind of no return when it gets too low and you do have to supplement. <laughs> um, no amount of liver is going to correct this. That's just kind of where it goes to. And here's how it works. Mostly women who work out. Exactly. Well, also menstruating women who've gone throughout a life, maybe had a couple kids or even had heavy periods at one point. If you also work out, you're losing iron than most. Often people come deficient in it. Now, here's the other thing, too. If a thyroid problem was brewing for any reason, whether it was adrenals or whether it was a stressful time in life, 
when people are sub suboptimal with thyroid, you don't have great digestion. And this is why you become deficient in certain nutrients like iron and D and B12 is because of you not producing as much hydrochloric acid. It's not breaking down the food and the nutrients. You can't absorb these things. You don't hold on to it. Got it. You can't hold on to iron and you lose these nutrients. You almost can't absorb them. So that's why, and that's why it's like, it takes a a multi-pronged approach to, you can't just throw someone a thyroid pill and expect that to get better because they could have low ferritin. And see, if you were to be given thyroid medication right now, it would not be working as well and couldn't, wouldn't do the job that it should do. And you'd have to be taking iron along with it as you go up the course because the thyroid is going to need the iron storage there for it. So which came first, you know, did the low iron affect your thyroid, vice versa? We don't know. We'll find out, right? Mm-hmm. But you have to be taking iron regardless. So, you know, hopefully you won't have to go on thyroid hormone, but if you do, fine, but you'd have to be doing what you're doing now anyway. I would also take selenium. I would absolutely get the actual supplement selenium. Again, this goes to, oh, I'll just eat a couple of Brazil nuts. And you're like, not with compromised digestion, you won't, because you're not yeah, going to be yeah. absorbing it. So, um, you know, I know the Life Extension brand. I don't know if you guys get that, but... It's S-E-methyl-L-selenocysteine is the form, and that's like 80% absorbable, and it's the best form of selenium. And I would, if I were you right now, especially with those thyroid results and your symptoms and your low ferritin, I would take like 400 micrograms a day for the first month and then drop to 200 micrograms a day for like another six months. Just get selenium every day. Yeah, right. Selenium is really responsible for the conversion from T4 to T3, and it's a very important thyroid uh, nutrient. Yeah. And then also don't go and take iodine like intentionally, but if you can get like Redmond real salt or salt that's high in iodine naturally, and then use that, you know, as like in the morning, a little dash on your palm, salt lick it, and then you're done, you know, and then maybe salt your food later that day with it. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. That's real. That's really awesome. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So finally, sorry, and it's slightly gone gone on a little bit here, and I really am going to wrap it up in the next two minutes. I promise, L. Um, so no, it's okay. It's great. When you talk about um, you know sluggish digestion, is that different to gut dysbiosis? So it would be like, you know, could it be that I've got you know a leaky gut, and that's why I'm not absorbing the iron, or would it be more because of my thyroid's a bit slow and my digestion is compromised? Well, gut issues can also affect thyroid. So this stuff's all goes hand in hand and some of the conversion does happen in the gut. So what do you do if you think you've got a gut issue other than what we know to do diet wise? Okay. So the answer to that usually is, well, act as if you've got a bunch of fucking gut problems. <laughs> Hear me out. So, so like, I don't know, do I have candida? I don't know. Why don't you act like you do? Because eating that way is clean anyway. And I'll get rid of it. If you do have it, you don't need to test for it. Just act like you have it. So the way to do that is Aside from just eating clean paleo primal, a couple of things you could do. You could start probiotics, but here's the way to go. You switch it up every month. So if you've been taking the same probiotic and the same brand for a while, stop, get a new bottle. Doesn't matter what the brand is, whatever, doesn't matter the strain. You know, I mean you can go for just ten or fifteen billion strain. Those are usually the cheapest. And get that brand, and when you finish it after the month, you get another bottle, another brand, you switch it up. What is that doing? Tricking anything that's in there that can't get smart and overcome it and get used to it. Mm-hmm. So you can do that. The other thing you can do along with that is about one week of every month, take oregano oil. My favorite brand, I think the only brand to get is oregano. I don't know if you guys can get it, but it's from North American Urban Spice Company. They're like the most famous makers of the stuff, but any kind of oregano oil. 
that you take internally. And you basically, for just one week out of every month, for a few months, maybe three or four months, you take like one or two drops, not a dropper full, a drop. Oregano oil is nasty. It's real strong. And it's one of those things where you got to like take a drop on a tongue or a tiny glass of water, swoosh it down, eat a little something, like get it down there and out. It's not necessarily pleasant, <laughs> but it's it's worthwhile. And that's a very serious antifungal, antibacterial. You don't want to do it every day because you don't want it to totally conflict with the probiotics. But that's a great way to zap candida and, and, and really correct any kind of bad gut issues going on. Now, if it's SIBO or some other serious case where you might have to take another kind of natural antibiotic or, or a regular antibiotic, that's a different story. Most of the gut stuff that's that's you know off balance with bacteria can be really corrected with obviously the proper diet, but that protocol. Switching out the probiotics every month and doing oregano oil one to two drops like morning one to two drops, night and morning one to two drops for just one week out of the month. You know, and this requires compliance, iPhone night notes, reminders, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but that'll do it. That that will clean up a lot of gut stuff. Now, if, if there is candida or yeast overgrowth, you can really nip it quickly. But you know what it requires? Eliminating all sugar, including fruit. You have got to get rid of it. And when you have candida, you crave sugar, and it's a horrible thing. And it takes willpower for a few days. And one of my suggestions on that is eat fruit and whipped cream or whatever you have to do to not eat whatever shitty dessert and sugar you have been eating and do that for a week. And then you have to cut yourself off from all sugar, including fructose. If you want to fix the gut. If you have candida, I had it. Trust me. And you yeah, can nip it quick, but you got to starve it. You yeah. have to starve it and of it and then kill it with the oregano oil and then trick it with the probiotics and you're good to go. You are good to go. It could, that thing can be cleaned up in six weeks. You could feel totally different. And candida does cause brain fog. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do want a healthy gut. And so anyway, so what caused gut issues? Did gut, did, did low iron compromise the gut? that then compromised the thyroid. Did thyroid compromise your gut and your iron? We don't know. Mm. They all beget and can cause one another. If you were fine most of your life and suddenly started to have issues, likely it was something like your low iron is causing this and then some nutrient deficiencies possibly because of that. And, you know, then your thyroid got screwed up and you didn't know it and then things got low and now it's probably fixable naturally. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, there's a lot of there's a lot of ways, but those are things I would do right away that can't hurt you, that can only help you. But the iron is the most serious thing. I'm going to yeah. tell you this: a lot of people go, oh, "Use this natural iron, just cook out of iron skillet, or use this." No, it's literally like the form I told you guys. That's the form. It won't constipate you. It doesn't. You have to always take it with food, but it does not constipate you like the old timey, old like grandma's form of iron. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you can build up you slowly. If you're already constipated with your low thyroid. That's not going to help at all. Exactly. It's not going to help at all. So it's it's really an important. So that's ferrous bisglycinate chelate. It's really gentle. It's really highly absorbable. And um, it's really the best form, in my opinion. So, yeah. I mean, you can still cook out of an iron skillet and do that. But, again, there comes a point of no return where supplements sometimes are the only way. Yeah, and and you know it's really just meeting the the health journey uh, where it's at and what it needs. And you might not need, like you say, to be taking these tablets all the time. But if you're in a situation where you're needing that little bit of extra support, then there's plenty. Yeah, like now I don't need iron. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. Like you might not either. Like one. So here's the thing. So once your thyroid gets fixed, whether that's naturally it gets optimized or whether you have to go on medication, not you, but anyone you know had to go on medication. 
Once the hypothyroidism is, quote, gone via medication or naturally, it doesn't matter, whenever that's optimized, you start to hold on to these things. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now on the converse, if someone has a very high ferritin result and they're not taking iron, that is a sign of inflammation. So if it's like over a hundred, like I had a ferritin once of 150, wow. that is a red flag of inflammation. It's almost masking the true ferritin. So if you get a result, that's the opposite direction and you're not, t- I mean, it could also be like, Oh my God, I overtook iron. I screwed that up. Like that would be, you'd have to be you know, and that would have to be, that'd be dumb one because that would be like a very extended, I don't know anyone, you know, really be careful with it, but three, four months isn't going to make someone overdose, but you could overshoot it. But if you're not taking iron, let's say, and you get a result like that, that's pretty indicative of inflammation and you should look into krill oil or fish oil and then make sure you're not using iron skillets and taking iron and, you know, adding to it until you reduce it. Once that got reduced and I reduced my inflammation, then my ferritin hung around, like I think the last time I got it tested, it was ideal. It was like 67 or something. Mm, nice. Oh, and, and I haven't been taking iron forever. So it, it just literally was, I had to get the inflammation down and things normalized. And then there you go. Then your body holds on to it. Yeah. And, and you, we've got, and on the contents, if I started to lose it, I would question it. I would go, Ooh, what's going on? Yeah. You know? It's like, it's a, it's a, it's a message from your body that things aren't quite, quite right. And, and when we think about like the decades, you know, I'm in my forties, uh, the decades that we've lived the other way, you know, and the, the years that we've been on antibiotics and the birth control pill and, you know, eating all of the different chemicals and, drank you know pepsi max or you know coke zero because it didn't have any calories in it and all of these other things that we've we've done to our system <laughs> we're gonna have to we're gonna have to appreciate that although you know eating a paleo primal diet can transform things in a really fast you know even just 21 days can really turn things around quickly there are going to be some other healing um protocols that we need to explore to get things functioning you know back to 100 percent, right I've seen, listen, I saw a person who was a mess. Uh, Hashimoto's, didn't know it, didn't know she even had Hashimoto's. I accidentally tested her for Hashimoto's. It was actually an accident that was a good accident. I don't, it was an accident. Well, she had been, when I described the mental stuff, mm. she got worried because it was her. And she said, uh, I thought you were depressed because you had gotten fat and stuff, but like, I'm feeling what you're saying. And I go, well, listen, I go, I've noticed in you for the past two years that you've kind of stopped caring about yourself. You're, you're not focused. You're not like, I'm noticing this. I asked her, I used to ask her, I'd be like, are you depressed? Are you okay? Because he had noticed, you can see it in your friends and see them, you know, becoming someone different. And so I got her thyroid tested, but I wasn't even thinking Hashimoto's for some reason. I mean, usually I would tell everyone to just do that, but whatever. My friend was just like, let's just do a little quick thought. Like I'd known her for years. So I never thought thyroid problem. And so I just did a basic, but I accidentally did add the Hashimoto's and there it turns out she had it. She followed my protocol before we even wrote the book. She followed it for religiously. She had to take some supplements, some irons and things like that. She looked like a new person in six weeks. Six weeks. No, but she had been eating a lot of gluten, you know, which affects the Hashimoto's. She didn't know. She had Hashimoto's, so she didn't know. And she thought she was getting away with it. Her mind was clear. Her hair, her hair, which was always like dead and flat, was like fluffy. And she immediately like just deflated 10 pounds. Like it was just a lot of just immediately like popping a balloon. And I I just couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my God, what? 
it just completely looked like a different human being with a different vibration, the way she was communicating the light in her eyes, the connection. And that was just six weeks. And you know what it was? Cause she was scared shitless. But here was also the connection I said to her in that moment, when I looked at these labs, I was very shocked. I did not believe that I would have to be delivering that news to her. <laughs> I'd known her for like 10 years. I would just were so, she'd been with me through the thyroid problem. So it was weird for her to have it. And I asked her at the time, I said, wait a minute, isn't your dad a diabetic? Does he have type 1 autoimmune diabetes? She goes, I'm not sure. I go call him and ask him. I bet it's autoimmune. And it was his type 1. So autoimmunity runs in families. And so if there's people in your family that have type 1 autoimmune issues or have Hashimoto's, you should get tested and you need to rule it out because it's something that you can keep at bay naturally through a paleoprimal lifestyle and, and you don't have to go to medication and have it get full blown always. Sometimes you can nip that naturally and turn that around. So if you know about it sooner in life, the better because then you know you can do something about the antibodies and stop the train you know, and possibly prevent yourself. And again, I don't want to say there's nothing bad about being on thyroid hormone. Again, I take it every day. There's nothing, you can live a wonderful life on it. But yes, of course, if you had the choice, anyone would choose to just have their shit work properly, not yeah. have to take medication. So, so if you, you know, that's, that's something that people need to look at in their families with yeah. autoimmune issues. Family history. If that's people have rheumatoid arthritis, any kind of autoimmunity start to go, hmm, that's when you need to like get you know, Hashimoto's antibodies tested. So Elle, you talked about your protocol, which is in your fabulous book, The Paleo Thyroid Solution, of which I have a copy here with me. Lucky me, I have a copy. I don't know why it's not signed, but anyway, maybe one day I'll oh my you God. and you can sign it for me. How can people get hold of this book and find out your protocol? Well, you can go to amazon.com. It's the best place to get it. It's and honestly, it's like the cheapest best thyroid book. In fact, I'm like, how is my book so cheap? I'm kind of like, wait a minute. How that but I'm kind of glad it did because it's it's really worthwhile. And um, it's the book I was looking for, you know, when I was suffering. So I really, I really give everybody uh, what they need. So Amazon, you can find it at least in the US on Barnes and Noble's bookstores. I'm not sure about where you are, but definitely Amazon. And also you can go to my website, lrust.com and just contact me through there. If you want some free information, even international people, um, I can give you, here's the test to get, here's how to wake up and take the test, what time to get the test. I can give you a lot of information where you don't even have to buy my book or if you've ordered it and you're waiting for it to come and you want to get going, yeah. just contact me. And I'll email you with a bunch of free info. Um, and then if you're interested, you can hear more about, you know, primal uh, interviewing and uh, authors, etc., including uh, yourself, who's uh, been uh, uh, interviewed by us as well on the Primal Blueprint podcast every Wednesday. So, yeah. So there you go. Awesome. Now, before you go, you are so lucky to work with Mark Sisson. What's he like? So lucky. What's he like? So awesome, you guys. So awesome. He's so fucking funny he's really you know he's my kind of people and i'll tell you why he's he's from the east coast of the u.s and if you're familiar with our country so i east coast people are pretty no bullshit um yeah. say it like it is mm -hmm. kind of call it out and and that's how people are where i'm from which is from chicago which is in the midwest very like say it like it is and so i really respond well to people like that and i really like that about him he's just no bs say it up and you can speak to him like that too. You don't have to dance around stuff. You can go, yo, 
You know, he's really great. He's hilarious. You're like, yo, what's up? I mean, he's really funny. His kids are amazing. His wife's amazing. They really are an incredible family. Um, and I'm not just saying that. Like, I, I am a person who's known to not bullshit people. I would dance around or diplomatically answer that if I didn't think they were awesome, mm. you know? Um, but he really is my hero. And I don't know anyone. I really still to this day, I have not met anyone that wakes up, that literally talks about their bosses like, like, I love Mark and Carrie Sisson. I love that whole family. I love them so much. Who says that about their boss? Who says that? Like very few people. So I'm so lucky. And I feel like, you know, a lot of us in the company feel like he's the dad we wish we had, you know, he's like the awesome dad. (laughs) We wish the cool. Um, He's really great. He's inspiring. He's awesome. He's an incredible businessman. And, um, you know, he's very, He's very interesting. You know, I mean, you know, I guess he's um, he can be shy sometimes, too, which is interesting because people see him sometimes speaking and being so gregarious. And then he can be like anyone else and um, kind of be aloof and in his own world. But he's a really hard worker and he's so much fun. He's a great dad. I mean, his kids love him and the way they talk about him is is so honest and true. He really is a wonderful father. And she is an incredible wife and mother as well. Carrie Sisson, who we don't really get to hear from very much. She's kind of on the sidelines often and in the background, but she's just, she's lovely. And they're so inspiring. And if you saw them in person, you just wouldn't believe how amazing they look and how youthful they are, their energy and their humor. And and they're so open-minded and accepting and, you know, non-judgmental. And it's just, uh, I could go on and on really, but so lucky. I mean, he changed my life and, yes. uh, yep. Lucky. And, and provided a whole new world, you know? Yeah. Well, he, you know, same here. He's changed my life and, um, you know, completely transformed my health, my life, my, my social life, my business, the, the way that I can, um, share my message with the world and, and contribute, um, you know, to my tribe. And, and he's done the same for you, obviously more, more hands-on and in the same country. And, uh, I will. And Brad. Yeah, I will. I will meet um, you and Mark one day. But yeah, what a great note to finish on. Mark Sisson, you rock. Thank you very much. And thanks very <laughs> Thank much. Thank you, Mark. We love you. We do love you, Mark. Um, and thanks very much to you, Elle. That has been an awesome interview. You've been so generous with your time um, and even like delved into a bit of my own personal <laughs> medical stuff. No, it's good. I hope people learn from it and understand how important this is. I mean, Look, I don't want anyone. I lost six years of my life to this people. Some people lose 20 and they don't have to just because they're dealing with a dummy doctor. So this is about empowering people to step up, learn about this. It's not hard, but you got to get in there. You can't let someone doctor you. That doesn't work. Yeah, I love it. Elle, thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.